Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you. Thank you for joining me today, and we want to continue today in our Treasures of the Nativity study, where we are looking at the king who was born in Bethlehem. And we're drawing near to the close of this Christmas special series. We're a little bit late in getting these up, but we're finishing it out the best we can. And so I want us in this lesson to fast forward beyond his birth into the reason for his birth. As we wrap up this Treasures of the Nativity series in the last few lessons here. Today we're going to consider him as the appointed king. As we look into his destiny, why did he come in the first place? I want us to begin by looking at Psalm chapter 40, and we're going to read verses 6 through 8 of Psalm 40. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. So here we find out that, prophetically speaking, David has already recorded for us the Lord saying and declaring why he came. This is repeated in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 9, and I'd like for us also to look there. The author of Hebrews quotes this passage from Psalm chapter 40. In Hebrews chapter 10, I want to begin the reading in verse 5. Therefore, when he, meaning Jesus, came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That was actually verse 10 as well. So the reason he came, the appointed king, what was he appointed to do? Why? did he come? It's clearly laid out here, and Jesus himself says these things. He came to do God's will. Now, what does that mean? Well, for the Messiah, that was laid out in Isaiah chapter 53, among many other places. But in Isaiah 53, the prophet Isaiah clearly lays out for us what the will of the Lord is for this suffering servant for Isaiah's Messiah. And it says in verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord, meaning God the Father, to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. 
Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. That was Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 through 12. So clearly we find out here that Isaiah's Messiah must fulfill this destiny. He was appointed to suffer the will of the Lord, the grief and the wrath of God on sin on our behalf. He says in verse 10, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That word for bruise really means to crush him to powder. It's like you have a mortar and a pestle and a pill or something else that you are using and you crush it and you push it and you pressure it and you crush it and crush it and crush it again until it is nothing but broken up, fine, dusty powder. This was the destiny that this man had to fulfill. This Jesus, God who came in the flesh, this was what he was appointed to fulfill. This was his destiny. But why? Isaiah 53, right here, what we just read in verse 10 through 12, tells us why. Because he would see the labor that he had gone through, all of this shame, all of this suffering, all this that he would endure in these tortures and death on the cross, and he would see it prosper in the salvation of souls. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it speaks of how we are to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and it talks about how there was a joy that was set before him. That joy caused him to endure the cross, despising the shame. That joy was you and I, dear friend, people being saved, those who would come to know him through what he did on the cross. Do you see he was destined to die? He was appointed because there was a sin debt that every single human being owed and none of us could pay it. Not one person could ever pay this sin debt. It required a sinless sacrifice. And there was only one person who could do that. And that was Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God himself. In Psalm chapter 49, verse 7 through 8, it speaks of how the ransom that would be required as payment for redemption of mankind because of the wages of sin spoken to us about in Romans 3.23 and 6.23. Our ransom is very costly. It's extremely high, and it could only be paid by the blood of Jesus, the Son of the living God. And when he died on the cross, one of the final things he said was, It is finished. That word in the Greek could also be translated as to discharge a debt. In other words, paid in full. Jesus was destined to die. He was destined to pay the sin debt for all, once for all. He was the once for all sacrifice. We see evidence of that, even glimpses at his birth. For instance, the Magi, one of the gifts that they brought him was myrrh, which would be symbolic and associated with death with bitterness, with the pain of what he would suffer. Simeon prophesied about this child, and he clearly told Mary that even a sword would pierce into her very own heart and soul. So Simeon had 
a glimpse and knew by prophecy revealed to him by the Spirit of the living God that this child would suffer greatly. We see throughout his life and his ministry, this was attested as well. John the Baptist declared him to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world by paying for it, by paying the sin debt that only he could pay. Jesus himself prophesied that he would die. Caiaphas, in the office of the high priest, unaware perhaps of what he was saying, but yet he prophesied about one who would die for the entire nation, for the people, speaking of Jesus. And Moses and Elijah, when they visited him and were at the mountain of transfiguration, Luke's gospel tells us that their topic of discussion was his coming demise at Jerusalem. So he was appointed to die. That was his destiny. Jesus, even in Gethsemane, knew what he faced, and he knew he had to drink those cups. It's interesting because he spoke three prayers that appear to be the same prayers, but they really are not. There were three cups of Passover that Jesus had drunk earlier with his disciples. They represent, as all the four cups of Passover do, the Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 through 7, I wills, the four I will statements. Jesus reserved the final one, and he said, I won't drink this one till we drink it together in heaven, because that's what it represented. But the first three he drank at the Passover Seder with his disciples. He knew now in the Garden of Gethsemane that he had to now drink these in reality, what they symbolized. He was going to have to fulfill that. Even when he answered John and James, when they questioned him about they could do the same baptism, they could do what he was going to do, they could die with him. And he said to them, are you really able to drink the cup that I have to drink? He knew the Old Testament pattern. He knew that he was the sacrificial lamb to be slain. He knew that he had to spend his blood. He knew that the shedding of his blood was what was required to bring in redemption, the forgiveness of sins, as Ephesians 1 tells us. All of the Old Testament pattern, all of the Old Testament sacrifices, all of the Old Testament system, all of it pointed to Jesus. He said in the volume of the book, it is written of me. And then he said, I come, I come willingly. He would complete and fulfill it all. He was the sacrifice and he came willingly and obediently, according to Philippians chapter 2. He was the high priest offering the sacrifice of himself for all time and for all people. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 tells us that it was in the fullness of the time that he came, born of the virgin, born under the law, to redeem all who were under the law. Because all of us, in a sense, were under it. We could not meet the demands of it. And so we know that he came and his destiny was to die. He was appointed to die from the very beginning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4, we are given the fullness of the understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to read verses 3 and 4. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. His destiny 
from a very old, from the book of Genesis onward. His destiny was to die on the cross for us, for our salvation. The cross was not an afterthought. He knew before he came. First John 5, verse 10 through 13, tells us the result of him fulfilling his destiny. In First John chapter 5, beginning in verse 10, it says this, He who believes, meaning any person who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Eternal life is found only, only in Jesus Christ. And he has made himself and God has made the gospel, the good news of this eternal life available to all, but it is only found in Jesus Christ. If you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior, then you, beloved friend, you do not have this life. You don't know him. You don't know what true life is. But you can have it. You can have it right now. You can call upon his name. Ask him to forgive you for your sins and to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive you and to cleanse you and to come into your heart and be your Lord and Master. You can repent of your sins right now and call upon him because he knew his destiny and he came anyway. Jesus knew what he was appointed to do and he came anyway. How amazing is that? He was the appointed king and willingly and obediently humbled himself, just like Philippians 2 tells us, all the way to the death on the cross. His purpose was to save and redeem people from sin and bondage. And all who receive him receive peace with God, have new life in Christ Jesus, and are granted freedom from the power of sin and bondage. He came knowing his destiny. He was appointed to die in our place, removing our sins from us when we believe and call on his name. He was the appointed king, even at his birth when he first came, knowing the job he must complete, and he did complete it. Jesus is the appointed king. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future messages brought to you through Covenant Truth Ministries and more episodes in this series. God bless you today, in Jesus' name. Amen.